What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games. Because unlike ice milk, role-playing games are smooth. Yeah, so another episode. That's awesome. I thought I was going to put this one out a couple days ago, but, you know, things come around. But I'll put it out now. Yeah, so today I got a couple phone calls. Um, We'll get to those. We'll talk about some ice cream. Uh, We'll talk a little bit, some more uh, spoiler-free talk about the D&D movie. Uh, What else? What else? Oh, and then uh, I'll talk about the last session of Reaver that I just played. Plus, we'll also discuss a couple really interesting topics uh, of stuff that I've seen on social media. You know, I put out my last episode, I touched on social media, um, and so I, I, I talked pretty bad about it, uh, but I wanted to say that it's not all bad, because uh, I found a couple really interesting topics, and I want to know what you guys think out there, so yeah, let's let's get into, let's get into the show. Uh, let's start off with the most recent session of Reaver that I played, and then we'll take it from there. All right, let's do it. Yeah, so the last game I played was another session of Reaver run by Joe Salvador of Raven God Games. Uh, And it was awesome, man. We finished up this mass battle that we were having, which was crazy. Because at the end of the battle, we got like a, a broader picture. He revealed more of the map. And there was just dead bodies everywhere. Dead bodies everywhere! Dead bodies everywhere! They were all... There was like 60 clan members that sounds bad uh members of the clan of the skull versus the clan of the bear just everywhere dead it was nuts man uh but during the melee wolfgar got the spear back the spear he'd been questing for this whole time he finally got it back uh the woman who had it was casting some crazy spell she was a magus like Wolfgar, but she had some other crazy spells and and she had this spell on a scroll and in order to cast it, she needed both hands and she was holding the spear, the terror worm. So she had to drop it. And as soon as the spear hit the ground, Wolfgar just dove for it, not caring anything about anything else, just that spear. That's the only thing he saw. And he has it now. When he got it, he rolled over onto his back and lifted the spear with both hands into the air and just shouted to his ancestors and to the gods. Um, And so he got got back up, and there was one dude causing a ruckus. and (laughs) Not really causing a ruckus, but Wolfgar ran up and tried to stab him and just totally missed. And so now, now Wolfgar is slightly convinced that, wait a minute, maybe the spear doesn't want him. Maybe it it turned itself in his hand. So he needs to cleanse himself. He needs to say a bunch of prayers and really, really think and pontificate on the meaning of the spear. And it was an awesome session. It was it was a lot of fun, man. I think we're getting ready to wrap up a story arc. It definitely seems that way. Uh, in the next session or two, we should be wrapping up this section of the campaign. And then I think Joe was saying... You know, we might take some time off and then fast forward the characters like a few years down the road or something. 
so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Reaver, when it comes out, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. It's a really fun system. It's easy to play. It's interesting to play. Um, you're not just rolling a D20 all the time. Or It's fun, man. I really, 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 really like it. And I can't wait for the whole thing. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, that was my Reaver recap. Now, uh, let's talk about my favorite thing, social media. On my last episode, I said a lot of stuff about social media, which, I mean, that was just yesterday. So (laughs) what are you going to do? I haven't gotten a lot of feedback about it, though. I did have a good discussion with one of my buddies, unofficially off the books. We exchanged videos. I sent him the video that I had watched where I got my information from. He sent me a video that he felt disputed my claims, and it it was a good time. Because despite what social media itself will tell you and the news media, um, which is just as bad, if not worse, probably worse than social media, uh, you are, it is possible to disagree with somebody and still like them. (laughs) That's possible. So... I want to talk about two things that I've seen that were cool on social media lately. Uh, The first one was this really fun, engaging, back-and-forth conversation I had on Twitter with this really cool dude named uh, Jack of Tales. I think he has a blog, and it's Jack of Tales. I don't know. If I can find it, I'll throw the link in the – I'll throw the link to the article – in the description, but he posted a blog post the other day talking about how necromancy is definitely the most evil form of magic of all the schools of magic. Necromancy is the worst. And I hard disagree with that. (laughs) I hard disagree with that. So we had this awesome back and forth discussion uh, and we both made it very clear that we were both having fun and that this was cool And it was awesome, you know? It was great. So his... uh, You know, I agree that necromancy definitely has some mean spells in it. Some bad spells in it. Magic Jar, for one. uh, Finger of Death. Unholy Blight. Those are all really evil, like, mean spells. But are they evil? Are they more evil than, say, Fireball? You know, it, it depends on how you use it, right? Like, if you fireball a friggin' orphanage, <laughs> that's a pretty evil spell. But, to me, without doubt, the most evil school of magic is enchantment. There is just something psychotically evil about controlling people's emotions and their very mind with magic. That's why magic jar is such a messed up spell and a totally evil spell. It is an evil spell though. For all my pathfinder friends out there, it does not have the evil spell descriptor. It's just mean, (laughs) but yeah, man, like for me in the D and D world, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fantasy RPG world. We're not talking about the real world. Cause in my, our discussion with me and Jack, 
uh, he kept bringing up real world stuff. And I sort of felt like that was blurring the lines. He didn't think so, but you know, on we went. And again, it was very fun. Uh, Cause like, for instance, when you cast resurrection on a dead PC, the, the soul has to say, yes, it'll come back because it's gone away. <laughs> it has to come back. It's not there anymore. So when you raise up a zombie or a skeleton, there's no soul in there. You're not, you're not doing anything with a soul. It's just like organic matter. It's like using wood to build a house. You're just using organic matter to carry your torch for you or whatever, whatever you're using your zombies for. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. What, what do you all think? Do you think necromancy is the most evil school of magic in all the five magics? I think there were more than five schools, actually, but there's a Megadeth song called Five Magics, which is all about Raceland and Caraman of Dragonlance fame. Test of the Twins, Trouble of the Twins, the Dragonlance Chronicles, Raceland and Caraman. Come on. Megadeth has a song about Raceland, and that kicks ass. <laughs> but anyway, let me know what you all think. Um, about the evils of necromancy or if enchantment truly is the most evil or if it, is it illusions is illusions the most evil conjuration where you're summoning creatures and binding those creatures to you like slaves for a while let me know what you think i'm curious to know all right let's talk about the next thing so the next thing i was watching because i have been watching daniel norton's the bandits keep um, solo play as he uses original Dungeons and Dragons, the original three books, plus outdoor survival to play a solo game. And the way the rules work, because he's following all the rules for outdoor survival and stuff, which are different than like D&D itself. I, it dawned on me last night while I was watching it. You could use that, that method, run a solo game using outdoor survival and OD&D and build a goddamn campaign world and then invite your friends and play in that world. It, it'd be like a more specific version of that game, Microscope or Kingdom, which I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to play a game of microscope and use that to build the world and then play a campaign in that world. I've never done it yet. It's on my bucket list of things to do. I, I will absolutely do that. But I was thinking, I don't think I could do it. I think the way the map is, and I, I, I think it'd be too visually demanding for me to do something like that. But I think it's a really, really cool idea because you roll monsters randomly. You roll up if it's their lair randomly. So by the end, you have this map that's full of all these locations where there's monster layers and treasures, hordes, and all sorts of stuff. And then as you're rolling up random monsters, like for instance, in Daniel's game, he rolls up so many lycanthropes in his random encounters. It just happens a lot. So I was asking, I was like, have you thought about it much? Like, is your world, is this world full of lycanthropes? <laughs> you know, cause they're all over the place. And when you roll, you roll to see how many there are. And there's been big packs of them, smaller packs of them. He's rolled up a couple dragons, a couple different dragons and stuff. So this world 
is just fantastic and full of cool stuff. And yeah, you once he's finished, he could be like, yeah, let's let's play, dudes. Here's the world. Here's where you are. Get out. Get after it. And I just thought that was really cool. I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. Uh, if anyone's ever done something like that, let me know. I've yeah, I, I think it'd be cool, man. But again, I will one day do the microscope thing and then use Kingdom after that. Because uh, Kingdom is like the microscope game, except about a kingdom instead of a whole world. I don't know. I really want to do that because I've never done it and it sounds cool. Have you? Let me know. Let's take some calls. I wanted to weigh in on the homemade ice cream. I know I'm a couple episodes late, but you know, when I was a kid, I did not like homemade ice cream. And what I came to discover as an adult was, for some reason, just kind of regionally where I grew up, People don't put cream in their homemade ice cream. They, they put like milk and vanilla and sugar and, and, and like all the other ingredients. And so then you really get what I guess would be more ice milk and it's really kind of slushy and gritty. And so I never really cared for it. I mean, sometimes that's all you would get, you know, in the summer when the family would get together. And, oh, we're going to make homemade ice cream. But it wasn't until I was like an adult and, and I got like a little homemade ice cream maker that someone gave me and I, I didn't know how to make homemade ice cream because I'd never made it myself. So I just used the recipe in the book and realized, oh, you're supposed to put cream in this. That's why it's called ice cream. And that was the best homemade ice cream I'd ever had that I made it with that, that little, little, uh, tiny homemade hint maker there that I got. Dude, BJ, I'm so happy you got the homemade ice cream thing figured out because yeah, man, I never had it as a kid. I never had any relatives or friends or anybody that I could remember that actually had a homemade ice cream maker. And so hearing your story, it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad because when I was first, what inspired me to get an ice cream maker is because one night as I was hanging out, I got the munchies a little bit and I went into my cupboards to figure out what I had I wanted something sweet and all I really had that fit the bill at the time was a can of coconut milk and a can of pineapple chunks and I said yeah let's do this so <laughs> I mixed those two together threw it in the freezer and ate that later on and it was like okay I need an ice cream maker because while it was tasty and cold uh, it <laughs> Like you mentioned, it's very grainy, crystally, you know, uh, it's the cream that that brings it all together, which you don't think at least I never thought about it. BJ, you never thought about ice cream. There being cream in it. Uh, my sister. It's just one of those things. You hear the word ice cream since you were a little kid. Sometimes you just forget that. Yeah, it's cream. <laughs> It's not ice milk, it's ice cream. And there is a world of difference between cream and milk. And getting that ratio figured out on the different flavors is the key. So the best to date, the best ice cream I've made so far is uh, one that I've made more recently, strawberry. It is the most amazing strawberry ice cream I've ever had. Um by far, by friggin' far. And it's basically just cream, milk, sugar, 
a little lemon juice, a little vanilla and strawberries. And that's it. And just getting the right ratio of all that stuff. You macerate the strawberries for a couple hours. You drain off the juice. You mix that juice in with the cream and the milk and the sugar and the vanilla. Then you you mash up half the berries reserve the other half of the berries you mix the mashed up half of berries in with the cream and the milk and all that other stuff boom throw that in the machine get it rolling come back 20 minutes later or so dump in the rest of the non-mashed up strawberries come back in like three minutes soft serve delicious soft serve vanilla or strawberry ice cream and then you throw that in the freezer for a couple hours and oh my god (laughs) It's so good. It's so fresh tasting. It tastes like friggin' spring and summer. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If I've already talked about it, I'm talking about it again because homemade ice cream rules. I just made a batch of my coconut pineapple ice cream. And this one is probably healthier than some of the, Well, when I say healthy, I just mean less bad for you <laughs> than the other ice creams. It's got less sugar. Uh, I don't use any whole milk at all. I still use cream, but I sub the milk for coconut milk. Um, And yeah, like I said, less sugar and just some pineapple and coconut milk and a little vanilla. And it's awesome, man. It's really tasty. It's also fresh tasting and delicious. So Again, I'm I'm happy, BJ, that you figured it out and that you got an actual homemade ice cream maker. Because it's worth it, man. They're not that much. I mean, they're not that cheap either, you know. Uh, the one I got, I don't know. I think it was like $100. But it's <laughs> it's been worth every friggin' penny, I swear to God. <laughs> I love it so much. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's cool, you know, if you have people over, you'd be like, you want some ice cream? I just freaking homemade. How many people can say that? Not that many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So thank you, BJ, for letting me talk about ice cream some more, dude. <laughs> I really appreciate it. All right, let's um, get into the next call. I think this one's from Jason. We're going to talk a little bit about the... Uh, BR, sorry, we're going to talk a little bit about the Beyond the Wall movie, and we're going to hear from BJ again later on. Uh, but let's let's hear from Jason about the D and D movie. He has seen it by now uh, since he left this message. When he left this message, he hadn't seen it yet, but he has since seen it. So maybe he'll talk about it on his show at some point. Anyway, let's get to that call. I mentioned I started putting this episode together a couple days ago. <laughs> So this next message isn't from Jason. Um, it is from BJ talking about the D&D movie, although Jason has seen the movie now. But this message is from BJ. So sorry about that. BJ, take it away, dude. Hey, Joe, it's BJ. I just wanted to say I am really enjoying playing in Beyond the Wall. Um, I, I really like it. Um, and you're doing a good job as our as our game master. So uh, keep up with the recaps. You're doing really good recaps as well. So uh, also glad you enjoyed the D&D movie. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it too. I've, I've been to see it twice. Uh, my son also really enjoyed it. We had, we had a good time both times we've gone to see it. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad it's doing well. And hopefully we'll get a chance to compare notes about what we liked and, and what we want to see at other movies <laughs> next time we sit down to play. Um, 
So I'm about to run out of time, so I'm going to stop this message and start another one. That's awesome that you've seen it twice now. I've still only seen it the once, but I don't know. I might go again, man. Uh, hearing that you've seen it twice gets me pumped to go see it again. I'm super, super stoked your son liked it. That doesn't surprise me, though. I, I got to imagine kids love that movie. I would have loved that movie if I was a kid. Um, absolutely. Yeah, man, it's just, it's a fun fantasy movie. So, uh, folks who know movies better than me, help me out here. I think, and I don't hold this to be true, I could be easily proven wrong, I'm just not that familiar, that this is the best fantasy movie that's come out in the past 10 years? Since 2013? Um, I don't know. What other... See, that's the thing. I don't know what other fantasy movies has come out. Maybe five years. But, you know, it's better than any of the... It's definitely better than all of the Hobbit movies. It's not as good as Lord of the Rings. But it is definitely better than the Hobbit movies. It's more fun and just cooler. (laughs) So... What other fantasy movies have come out in the past 10 years? I don't know, man, but I would put this movie amongst the best fantasy movies in the past 10 years. Um, Not sci-fi, you know, sci-fi, that subgenre of fantasy, but actual fantasy. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But Beyond the Wall, it's been fun having you in that game. Uh Yeah, as I record this now, our next session of Beyond the Wall is tomorrow, which will be on Easter Sunday. And despite that, it seems like everyone is going to be there for a change. It'll be the first time in quite a while that the whole group has been there, so that's fun. Uh, And I've really got to get my mind back in that world, because so far this weekend, I've been spending a lot of time diving into different subsystems of Pathfinder because we're getting ready to start book three of Wrath of the Righteous and the beginning, the first part of that adventure, it's all about building back up the town that surrounds Citadel Dresden. Uh, And the town, there's only a few survivors. The town's been destroyed. It's been in demon-infested territory for decades Um, and yeah, so there's all these, there's cool little mini games like Carl has mentioned on this show and on his Pathfinder likes to throw in these mini game, mini games in different books throughout their adventure paths. And this one's really cool. Depending on what the players do, they earn a certain amount of restoration points and the city, the town needs X number of restoration points in order to get back on its feet. Currently, it has the ruined tag. And so to get rid of the ruined tag, uh, they need, like I said, I'm not going to say the number, but they need X number of restoration points. And it's it's really cool, <laughs> you know, but I've been also looking a bunch into the crafting rules and prices because Haven, the paladin, she has craft magic arms and armor she has that feat and haven's gonna get busy crafting some (laughs) goddamn powerful magic weapons 
for our heroes because uh, they have the time, they have the money. They basically just got all the treasure from the first two books because throughout the first two books, the party collects treasure, collects treasure, collects treasure, but there's really no place to sell it. And when you finally get to Dresden and rescue Dresden, it's so even though it's considered a large town and normally you'd be able to unload a bunch of loot there, there's no money in the town. There's nobody to buy it. There's very little money. Uh, so what they did, the party met up with the NPC wizard, Erevashniel, who'd been traveling with the party since the beginning of book two. Uh, he had a scroll of teleport. So the bard, Nyx, and Randor, uh, Nyx to smooth talk all the, all the salespeople, and Randor to be the pack mule and the muscle, um, and Erevashniel teleported to the capital of Mendev, which is the country on one of the countries, the country that this campaign is set in. It's on the border with the world wound, and it's the chief combatant keeping the demons inside of the world wound, but it's a major huge city. Uh, so they're easily able to unload all their gear. They came back. They each got like 23 grand worth of uh, treasure and a bunch of them had, you know, six grand or so worth of gold on them to begin with. So they're all loaded down with money. They got like, they're sitting on like 30 grand a piece right now, pretty much. <laughs> And so they're using it, man. It's awesome. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Play it. I've always wanted to play in a campaign where you have downtime, where you're able to do like stuff like crafting or researching a spell or training. Uh, not training because you have to train to level up, but training to get better. I don't know. It's just, oh, man, I love... I love downtime and I've never played. I especially want to play in a campaign as a wizard that has a lot of downtime. That to me sounds fun. Um, that sounds awesome where you just, you're, you're that wizard where you sit in your study and you try and wrap your minds around the cosmos. Basically. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. BJ, <laughs> The D&D movie is fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Beyond the Wall is fun. I'm glad you enjoyed that as well. All right, let me get out of here. All right. Well, BJ, thanks for the calls, dude. Folks out there, thanks for listening. I'm going to throw on some spooky tunes and get into a Beyond the Wall mindset. Because if we remember... If we remember, folks, even though it's the day before Easter, April, in the real world, in the beyond the wall world, it's the week before Samhain and All Hallows Eve and the Feast of All Hallows, and it's fall, and like I said, I might just live there forever. (laughs) Fall is my favorite time of year. Autumn, autumn is my favorite time of year. And the name of one of my favorite cheerleaders when I was in high school. So it's double, double cool. <laughs> God bless Autumn and Anna. Um, yeah, folks, that's that's it. I'm going <laughs> to 
I'm going to get out of here. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're taking care of somebody else. I'll talk to you soon. But until then, peace out. Oh, dude, there's one more thing I got to say. It's crazy. So I was watching TV today and a commercial for Indeed, that job hunting website that there is. It was a friggin' D&D Indeed commercial. It I couldn't see what they were doing, but it started off like, you know, you should be questing for a job, but you'd rather be questing for dragons. And there's a bunch of people like laughing and stuff. And then at one point in the commercial, you hear the sound of the dice rolling on the table. And it's like, yeah, indeed. So you can socialize and look for a job at the same time. But it's just nuts that... It's in friggin' commercials now for Indeed on, like, ESPN. Uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Crazy.